Welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation, sponsored by our good friends at New Balance. Check out the new line coming out for the Australian Open. Uh, some great kits that they're presenting, and you can, of course, watch the coverage coming up all next week. And go to newbalance.com and check out those looks as well. This is one that uh, we've been working on for about a year uh, to get this guest, Jarmir Jenkins, hands, uh, as they call him back in the day. And uh, yeah, our schedules don't cross paths nearly as much as they, they used to. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just very glad that we we're able to spend some time here yeah, today. So thank you for your time. No, not a problem at all. Like you said, uh, we, we have pretty good history with each other. Yeah. So we, uh, I just remember you watching all those matches specifically, I think... Uh, and Binghamton. Uh huh. So we've, we've definitely you've seen some highs, you've seen some lows. <laughs> I have. So. <laughs> I, so I here's what I was thinking about last night. Do you remember the first time you and I interacted? Because it was before I was broadcasting Challengers. Uh, in college? Yeah. I was in college um, at Illinois. Yes. It's a very specific question that I asked you. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure I remember. I asked you to explain to me Clash of Clans. Oh. <laughs> and whether or not it was true that you had spent what I had heard was $250 mm. to increase your Clash of Clans no, skills. No, I, I had spent $65. $65. Which I, I'm not that proud of now that I think back because I <laughs> haven't picked it up in like probably since two weeks after you asked me that question. Because at, at that time, it would have been May 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that great run for you guys there, mm-hmm. and and yeah, I just kept hearing these rumors. Yeah, no. So I'm I'm a super super competitive. And yeah. At the time, our team was really into it, and I don't know if you ever played Clash of Clans. You have to wait like sometimes two three days at a time right. to to build your village, and so you can attack other people. And I just got tired of waiting. I wanted to be. <laughs> I wanted to have the best clash of clans castle there was to have and so that, that was that 65 dollars <laughs> do you still do any gaming type things are you fortnite fortniting um, while you're on I the road fortnite a little bit while i'm on the road now i like to do more so photography and reading okay um oh, you're, I, you've matured <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it maturity i just i don't know i i I'll go through phases there'll be mm-hmm. sometimes where i'll go i'll sit on the couch and play video games for like a week or two straight and then it's just like all right i'm I need to do something else. So I just go through phases. And right yeah. now I'm in my reading and taking pictures phase. And so when you're in a city like you are in Melbourne, and, and I, I, you said to me right before we started recording that this is your favorite city mm-hmm. in the world, what what do you look for in terms of your photography specifically, in, in terms of what you want to shoot, and how, um, how do you organize your day around it? Uh, there's nothing really specific that I look for. I, it's more so me exploring the city. Okay. Um, you know, if I see something cool while I'm out walking and about and, and, and it captures my attention, then yeah, then I'll try and capture that moment. Um, that and people. Uh, I, I love like seeing how different other cultures work, how okay. they interact with each other. And I don't know, it's just something that's interesting to me. It's something that uh, I, I found to be like a pretty good hobby of mine. So Yeah. And, and you know, I, I feel like I travel way too much not to kind of document things. Sure. So this is just one of those things that I'm into while I'm on the road. This this city specifically, I remember when I came here in 2008, the one thing I remember most was how um, 
art influenced it mm. is in terms of sculpture, in terms mm. of uh, street art, mm. like graffiti type of there's, art. There's a really cool area here in, uh, it's called Fitzroy, I think, yeah. where it's like a hipster kind of area. You'll yep. get a lot of graffiti and you'll get a lot of art there. I haven't been in a couple years, so that's like one of my main places that I'm going to go, maybe on Monday or Tuesday. I'm gonna have my explore buddy come. <laughs> Your explore buddy come. Yeah, we'll we'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> but when you were growing up, it, it was so much about the tennis and exploring the world through tennis and exploring tennis tournaments. How yeah. has that evolved for you over specifically well, since you stopped playing yeah. um, that you're able to actually explore cities? Yeah, no, I, I, did, I never used to explore at all. Tennis would kind of define who I was and for the better or worse. Um, if I lost a tennis match, I would just stay in the hotel room and kind of just turn the lights off and wouldn't wouldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, and if I won a tennis match, I would stay in the hotel room to prepare for the next one, so. Just with the lights on. Yeah, with the lights <laughs> on. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I really didn't really didn't do much outside of tennis. It was like, it, it consumed me. Yeah. And looking back, I wish I would have, um, you know, done more of what I'm doing now so I can have that kind of light switch, you mm -hmm. know, and not just be turned on all the time about the, on, on tennis. And I, I feel like it would have balanced me out more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel like everything happens for a reason. I feel like, um, you know, right now with, with my job, it's pretty high pressure sometimes. Sure. So, you know, for me to have that, to be able to go out and separate the two and, you know, turn that switch on and off. Um, I, I feel like it's something that I'm very thankful that I picked up for. You've, you've obviously had the opportunity. I know you, you warmed up Christopher Eubanks today, um, and you've maintained a lot of relationships um, with, with younger players. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to actually teach 20, 21-year-olds that, the, the idea of find something else that helps define you, helps uh, you know, keep you interested yeah. and engaged? Um, I think everyone's different, you know? I feel like if it works for you to be turned on to tennis all the time, then that's what you do. Um, but you know, if you if you find yourself, you know, stressed out or something, you know, it, it's okay to step away from the sport. Me, I, I wasn't used to taking days off or, mm -hmm. you know, not, not I wasn't used to not thinking about tennis. Um, and, I, and then at the time, I didn't know that there were other things to do besides, um, you know, not, not thinking about tennis all the yeah. time. I, I would just, I'm, every once in a while, I would go and see a movie just from yeah. out of boredom. But um, I, I think it's possible if you connect well with that player. You know, I, I don't think it's, you can just go up to a random 20, 21-year-old <laughs> and say, hey, you know, don't think about tennis all the time. Do yeah. this, you know. I feel like you have to have a relationship with that player sure. uh, to where they trust you to be able to explore other options because, you know, maybe, maybe it works for them, maybe it doesn't. But... Um, you know, every, everyone's different. Obviously, one of your brothers just got a, a pretty high-profile job with the USTA. He, so, he, with with him being in charge of the coaching on the women's side with the USTA, um, how much uh, um, does that interest you in terms of something long-term, um, mm -hmm. kind of more of the over, oversight versus maybe with yeah. one player? Um, I, I would definitely, I'm definitely interested to see how he enjoys it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly asking. Uh, for feedback from him he was like what what's the day-to-day -day like you know who are you going to be working with and stuff like that um obviously it's a possibility you know, it, it's, it's definitely a, it would be a great opportunity for me um but right now there's so much going on in the serena realm yeah that i haven't i haven't really given a serious mm. thought to anything doing anything afterwards yeah um 
you know, this Serena just takes up so much. She has so much going on. I mean, not just on the tennis side, but you know, other other stuff. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I'm it, it'd be something that I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, down the line, I just haven't given you know serious thought to yeah. it. Yeah. I, so I, if, if people are tuning in, I should say this, uh, I guess up front, but if people are tuning in for analysis of Serena's game, that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen today. Uh, we're not talking about the U.S. Open, any of that. Mm. Um, with that being said, when, when I ran into you for the first time in the hallway uh, and I said, how are you doing? You said you said I'm good, and then immediately went into you know, yeah. ser- you know what Serena's yeah. up to and how right. she's doing, and and I'm wondering what that's like for you in, in terms of when you see tennis-related people who are maybe not your close friends. Is mm-hmm. that kind of like the default that you expect people are wanting to ask you about that? Yeah, it's 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 that plus, even if we're not tennis friends or if you're just a casual tennis fan yeah that's like the main topic of discussion yeah you know, when anything happens related to serena yeah i'm i'm like in our, all right these are my answers for this question yeah like i'm already i'm already ready to start so sometimes i'll get into that default setting because obviously it's it's early in the tournament yeah you know we haven't seen her compete since uh new york so it's just like okay, yeah. I mean, I, I just have these set answers already, and so it's weird. So it's not weird, but it's like I have to like force or consciously get into another setting to where like I'm, you know, I'm I'm allowed to have like a normal conversation. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about your your playing career. It's mm-hmm. been two two and a half years. Something, is that something like this? Is yeah. that right? Um, and as you said, I, I got to witness some of your highs, some of, some of your lows. And, mm-hmm. and the one low that really, I don't want to just say, hey, remember that time you were really depressed. But mm-hmm. the one that sticks out to me um, and that, that has really stayed with me is Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember who, who it was, but you lost third set tiebreak. And I remember it was the end of kind of the day portion of their session. And you sat courtside for about an hour and a half. Yeah. And and I want to say that you made your decision about three or four months after that that you were going to shut it down. Mm-hmm. And can you walk me through that process of how you cope as a player with the fact that you have so many negatives and how you stay um, focused and positive with mm-hmm. that? Because that seemed like it was something that you really struggled with, especially towards the end. Yeah, it's 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 tough mentally. Um, like I said um, earlier, tennis was always something that kind of defined me as a person. Well, I let it define me as a person, um, and just constantly losing matches, not because the other guy was better than I was. But, I mean, I felt like there were some times where I would beat myself. There were some times where, you know, maybe I didn't prepare as good as I should have. Um, it, it, it was just constantly beating myself up mentally, mm-hmm. and that started to carry off the court as well. And, you know, I would go through long periods of times where I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wasn't happy as a tennis player, wasn't happy as a friend, wasn't ha- happy as a brother. Like, it, it started to have a trickle-down effect. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that time sitting on that bench, I was just, I kept asking myself, a question that came kept coming back was, one, is this something that I really see myself doing? And two, is it worth not being happy? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and yeah, so like you said, I sat there for about an hour and a half, literally talking, talking it out with myself. Yeah. And when I got up on the bench that day, I was, I was ready to keep, keep it going. Yeah. Um, but like I said, there was just 
too many times where I felt like I was sacrificing true happiness. Yeah. Um, and it just got to a point where I just, it wasn't, it wasn't me making the decision to stop playing tennis. It was me making the decision to be happy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that was, that's what it, what it came down to. So if you, if you were to go back maybe a couple years before that, um, what, what would you have changed? It now, if you, you know, having that hindsight to, to look back, how, Hind- how do you change that? I would have, uh, I feel like there, there's, there's so many great relationships that I have now um, when I stopped playing that I didn't lean towards when I was struggling in the tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, I would have leaned towards those relationships more yeah. instead of blocking everyone else off. So, um, you know, when I, when, I, when I got in those moods, it was, it was, it was like me thinking that I was punishing myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not going to respond to your texts. Like, you know, I'm going don't, to, I don't deserve, you know, to go out and, you know, be happy. Like, yeah. it, it was more so that kind of thing. And wh- whereas these were me making these decisions in my head, whereas, you know, if I felt like if I would have leaned on people to talk to more, um, it, it would have had a different outcome. And it's funny for me to hear you say that because I know not uh, I don't have a great understanding but I know how great your family is yeah. in terms of a fantastic support structure yeah. having seen you at, at tournaments throughout the years mm-hmm. I know how how well liked how well respected you are so mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's a it's a very personal and individual thing that you you had to deal yeah, with and it, it's tough it's tough especially uh, you know when I stopped playing because you know when I would come home for I don't know 25 26 years of my life I was always you know, the brother who came home, who was coming in from a tournament and, you know, who had just done well or who, you know, was struggling a little bit. Like, yeah. I was always that person connected to tennis somehow. Yeah. And when I stopped playing, it was it was weird. Just like I was coming home, but, you know, who who am I that person now? Like, who, who am I now? So it was it was a rough transition of, of figuring that out. Yeah. Um, and I did. I went through a couple of phases where, you know, I was a financial consultant. Right. And then I taught privately in, in, um, in Puerto Rico for a little bit. So it was, it was, it was a rough transition, but it was cool kind of like discovering myself again. Yeah. Um, so it was, it, it was really tough, but it was really, it was really, um, opening as well. I imagine those first few months without tennis mm-hmm. had to be biggest a, like a big culture shock. Boy. That plus, um, just going days and days into an office where, no one knew a thing about my background like no one was talking about tennis it was literally we were talking numbers every single day yeah and I just remember leaving the office every day I was just like wow you know I thought that when I stopped tennis it was just like that equals right now I'm gonna go out and be happy yeah but it was so much deeper than that Um, yeah you know I I would leave the office and still feel that that void um, you know that I felt you know, months back. So it, it, was, it was, I had to do some deeper soul searching. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I found out that it wasn't just me walking. I, you know, I, I still needed tennis in some, in some aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's tough to go that much time with doing something every single day um, connected to tennis and then all of a sudden just going cold turkey from it. Because yeah. I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with tennis when, yeah. I, when I stopped. But, um, but yeah, no, again, the, the, the process was, was just eye-opening for me. 
and you've 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 found love as well. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a big deal, um, and mm. that's such a, a, a difficult process when you are traveling as much as you did back then. Yeah, but again, I think going through that helped me realize that I think it was it was more so it was more so me finding love within myself sure. so that I can yep. open up to other people as well. It's like such a, a cliche, I'm, but it's true, yeah, man. Like, you find it love for yourself, you're able to appreciate love for Again, others. Again, and then that just comes from me realizing that I can't close myself off, especially yes. when things are, aren't going my way or, you know, um, you know, lean, just learning to lean on other people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to yeah. all those things. And again, it sounds really cliche, but um, it's 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 a process that I think everyone should go through at some point in their lives. Yeah, I think people do. It's just at different times, and mm-hmm. yeah, the the athletic side, you get kind of chewed up and spit out pretty early mm-hmm. in in your career if mm-hmm. you're not suddenly top twenty or top thirty. It's mm-hmm. a very difficult process. And this is where when you said, um, you know, can can I teach all this stuff to like someone who's 20, 21 years old. Yeah. And I just remember having a coach, Delusha, who would try and instill these lessons in me in, in, in a young age. And it's it's so tough to get a kid to buy into these lessons because it's not like I can say, hey, you, if you do this, this will happen. I, like I didn't, I didn't really understand it until I went through it, until I felt it. Yeah. It was more so like, I had to first, well, first I was like seeing it a little bit and then I didn't want to believe it. But when I actually experienced it and felt it, then I understood those lessons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's good. <laughs> um, one thing we've uh, talked about a little bit, um, I guess kind of through direct messages on Twitter and things is, is your relationship with Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Um, it was obviously an incredibly painful experience for the people of Charlottesville, what happened with, mm-hmm. with the rallies. Um, and I'm wondering how much you're, you're willing to talk about how it affected you mm-hmm. seeing that in a city that you, you really called home mm-hmm. um, and, and how your relationship with the city and, and the university has changed in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough subject for me because I never really experienced any any racist hatred kind of I, I just I just never really experienced that, that when I was there and I say that because I don't want to take away from anyone else's experience. Sure. I know people who have had racist experience while they've been there. I have just never never experienced that for myself. Yeah. And even if I had, I think I was just oblivious to it because again, I was so zoned in on tennis to yeah. where I mainly only hung out with the tennis guys. Um, you know, after tennis practice, I would homework. Uh, even when I went out to parties, I was the only party with the tennis guys. So I was yeah. like in Charlottesville is, is one bubble in itself. But within that bubble, I was in another bubble. And yeah. so um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a, it's a bad thing or a good thing for me because I didn't experience that. But um, it's tough. I mean, that, 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 that situation, you know, for for that group to pick that place, um, it, I don't know, I, I was upset. Um, I felt like there were certain aspects of it that I felt could have been handled better. Um, but in, in, in the end, I mean, I think that uh, the, everyone's true colors showed. I mean, I think that Charlottesville is one of the best cities in the world if you actually go and experience their uh, living there and being there. and. Um, 
it's one of those places where I felt like um, that being in the team environment really helped because that's especially when you needed it then. Mm-hmm. So you you see how how close the community came, but then you also see how you know it separated some people too. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't I don't want to get too much into it because yeah. I kind of get a little bit iffy talking about it. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's just a really, really unfortunate event at a at a at a beautiful place. So there, obviously, Serena is in a position where she is a social media social media influencer, mm-hmm. um, and has that that platform to speak out. How do players specifically who are kind of in in the role that you were, uh, maybe a little bit lower ranked, but you certainly are an influencer in yourself. How do you? feel that players can and should use their social media whatever to to help um, speak out about things that, that are very important to them it's tough um, it's tough I, could, I, I think we live in a very very sensitive society now um, so it's tough to just say hey be yourself on social media because everything has to be within context these yeah. days um, on one on one end I encourage it but on the other end I think that everything has has to have some kind of strategy behind it. You yeah. know, if you want, if you really believe in what you're doing, is sending a tweet or doing this the best way to execute that plan? Yeah. You know, I feel like, I feel like these days it's more so what you do that has more of an effect on what you say, um, and sometimes vice versa. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's just one of those things that you have to tackle on an individual basis. Yeah. I feel like there's some some people that can say certain things that other people can't because their voice goes further. Yeah. Um, you know, for someone like Serena, you know, when, when she tweets, it goes to millions of people right. in a couple of seconds. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, that's just one of those things that, like, you just have to use your platform the best you can, but know that, you know, if you, whatever you believe in, I feel, personally, I feel like it's more about what you do than what you say. Along those lines, I know for a while, I don't know if you're still doing it, you were you were encouraging people to reach out to you on social media and you would go out for a hit uh, on your days off. Um, and I know part of what you wanted to do is, is try to get young African Americans involved in this sport as well. How much do you feel you've, you've done in that regard and how much more would you like to increase that? Yeah, um, I haven't done as much as I, as I want to towards the end of last year um it's 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 a lot you know when when i'm on the road with her um but it's definitely something that i kind of want to structure a bit more i don't want it to be you know as random because um when i do do that i get a lot of people all at once yeah and there's some people that I, i can't get to but um yeah the goal is to get more people and more specifically african americans involved with tennis um, just because I think there's so many opportunities that are unknown, um, you know, and I think it's due to you see all the, the highlight sports, you see football, you see guys signing multi-million-dollar deals on the basketball, and it's tough to, to, to for a kid to see that and say, hey, there's also this option of, you know, you don't have to be great in tennis, but you can go and you can get a full scholarship, you can get, you know. It can open up doors for you that you know maybe this route doesn't can't because yeah. every everybody can't go to to the NBA and sign. But you know there, there's a better percentage of you doing this. Yeah. 
so it's tough, you know, and I just want to, I just want to, to kids to see the option, you know, they can do whatever they want. I just want to, me to be a tool or resource to have that option for them. How much do you think you can structure that while you're still traveling uh, as much as you are? Um, I think, I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, even it, it, it's possible more so in the States for me. Um, it's harder to do obviously in other countries, yeah. but I just want to get it down to where you know, I go to this tournament and I dedicate this many hours more so than than it's random. So people already know about it because, but and it also feels it also depends on how much I'm sure work I'm doing with her. So there's not really it. It's tough. It's tough to structure it well. You know, when when I'm able to get out there, I do. Yeah. Um, if not, then you know, I kind of just you know do do my job. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so obviously. Uh, uh, so much of that is work for you. How much are you also then paying attention to the guys you used to compete with on a day-to-day basis, hang out with on a day-to-day basis? I've, I've got Bjorn's match here in uh, mm-hmm. two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, have you kept in touch with this? No, I don't, I don't keep in touch as much as I would like to or would hope so, but um, I still, I mean, I pay attention to the results. Yeah. I see them playing. You know, they post a good result. I'll definitely, you know, tell them good job or whatever. But yeah. You know, um, it's tough. You know, I'm, I'm living in Florida now. I'm full-time with her. Sure. Um, most of the time, I'll see or interact with these guys or, you know, at the co-ed tournaments. Yeah. Um, outside of that, not, not much. Um, but I think it'll it'll be a little bit better because I'm spending more time in Lake Nona now. Yeah. So when those guys are there, I'll see them a little bit more. So it was, it was just more so of the thing where we're not in the same place. Um, so the connection kind of just kind of faded a little bit. You're, you're obviously. Plus I was outside of tennis, right, for a couple well, of years. Yeah. Um, you're seeing the higher, the upper echelon, uh, what it, what it's like to be on top in terms of the finances, in terms of um, how you're able to structure coaches, hitting partners, mm-hmm. and and obviously you experienced it from from the challenger level. What are what are the biggest differences um, in in terms of not just the the, the play? But in terms of the living, in terms of uh, how you're able to improve as a top 20 player versus, say, 200 in the world? Um, I think the biggest difference is things are set up at this level for you not to not to fail necessarily. Like it's it's like when you go to college, you know, once you're accepted in that in that school, yeah, you have everything. You have all the tools that you need to succeed. Um, so, you, for example, you have your academic advisor, you have mm-hmm. your coaches, you have boarding, room and boarding. You, you, there's so many resources available for you to succeed. And whereas the lower you go on the professional uh, circuit, there's there's less of those tools. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest difference. You know, when you come here, you have easy access to get cars. You have laundry of, is available for you. You have new balls every single practice. You have professional stringers at your disposal every time um you know there there's so many resources available for you to succeed whereas you know the lower you go there's just yeah. you know you, you can't really request to at a drop of a dime to get your racket strong when you want to there's you have to go out and find your laundry sometimes at certain tournaments you know and all that stuff all the little stuff like that makes a huge difference yeah and so when you like I feel like when you're playing at places like this, you really only have to think about showing up and competing. Whereas sometimes maybe you'll you'll get tedious stuff 
on the on the uh, lower circuit. That, yeah. You know, you know, maybe you don't think about when you're here. And I think, you know, in tennis, like that 0.51% difference makes a huge difference. For sure. Um, what are, outside of the ones here, I know you said Australia, it's, you, you spent a, a lot of time here, <laughs> year in, year out, but um, outside of that, what are the, what are the challenger, I, I guess the things that you do miss about the challenger level? Because mm-hmm. I assume there are some, I, I know, I, I actually, at times, Australia is kind of different, but I actually really enjoy the the challenger experience that you're, it is such a cohesive unit of mm-hmm. of players. But I think that's the coolest part. Um, it's cool. It's the coolest part, but it's also a dangerous part too because you're you're seeing most of the same people every week, and you know it kind of becomes this this like you said this unit of guys yeah. who kind of travel together, and you'll start to look out for other guys. You'll start to practice with some of the similar guys. So it's kind of like one of those things that's like a catch-22 yes. at the same time, but also very, very cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you miss it? I do. I do. Especially when, you know, I, I start to see guys that I competed against playing. Yeah. Um, I miss it, but I feel like um, I feel like I 100% made the right decision yeah. to stop playing again um, or made the decision to be happy. But, yeah. Um, uh, I felt like if I ever did come back, I felt like I would be in a, be- a better mental state of mind yeah. to to tackle all the obstacles that w- that came that comes with it. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I definitely miss it. It's funny because uh, my my now ex-wife, but she she's I think I, and I even I remember telling you she singled you out. She came to watch the NCAA tournament mm. um, when it was in Champaign, and she said you were you were the one she wanted to watch. Really? Um, and she's not even a tennis person, mm. but she just, she saw you and was drawn to you because of your style, because of the athleticism, because of the, the energy that you mm. showed on a tennis court. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's always really interesting from a fan perspective because, you know, we're the ones I think who, who uh, kind of expect to see that every single time, but it's never, right. it's just impossible for, right. for you guys to, to put that out. Right, every time. it's tough, it's tough. Like I said, um, I feel like I always played my best my best tennis when when everything was kind of smooth off the court. It would yeah. transition yes. over to the tennis court and everything would be smooth. And then sometimes I just wouldn't be in the right mind yeah. mind frame off the court, and that would translate over as well. So there there was such a broad spectrum of which Jameer would show up. <laughs> Are you going to do any commentary at any point? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I never really give it any thought. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I would be bad at it. I don't know. You would if I not would be. be good. <laughs> one thing I do know is I can confidently say you would not be bad at mm. it. I would love to give it a shot. I would love to give it a shot. You um, have I'm an al- open invitation. I'm always open to new opportunities, and yeah. like I said, one of my things that I think I have like this burning desire to explore. Yeah, and um, that's why I picked up the camera. That's why I'm always like just looking for new things. I feel like um, there's so much. I love learning. Yeah, and I feel like there's there's always so much that you can learn um and to answer your question yeah i would i would definitely be up for okay. it there so there's an open invitation mm-hmm. and and before we go here i i just want to tell the story i mean you you told me off the air you're going to spend some time tonight with a family that's hosted you mm-hmm. in years past um when you've when you played here in australia and i think that really again just shows that you have always built these relationships and it's mm-hmm. it's it's why it's kind of interesting for me, from my perspective, to hear you say how much you closed yourself off during those couple, yeah. last couple of years of your playing days, because that's not the impression I ever got of you. Yeah, and, that's, and yeah, I no, think I mean, that's really that's cool also, that you explored that's, it. Yeah, it's it's just one of those 
things that that really took a toll on me. You yeah. know, I, it, because when I, I knew when I closed off people, I knew it wasn't me. Yeah. It's it's it, it's not something that I wanted to do or I liked to do. It was just something that I felt like I needed to do. And but I do think that one of the most important things about life is to establish connections with people, um, especially people that you don't see every day. I mean, I haven't seen this family in years, and yeah. we we just always kept in touch and. Um, I think it's something that's really cool, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like really looking forward to, to meeting up with them tonight and kind of just catching up. And they have a daughter that's about to go to uni, so <laughs> it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool to see them. Well, I'm just appreciative of the time that we got to actually catch up because yeah, yeah, I, sure. again, it's we didn't get to actually quote unquote hang out while you were <laughs> you were playing, um, and, and there's always that kind of distrust of the media versus the players and everything but you and I have always had a a really good relationship and I I just appreciate the time very much and I gotta take you up on the on the commentating one of these days and join you 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 are if you're based in Florida we'll we'll be there in a couple months right before uh, you guys would theoretically head over to Europe okay what what Sarasota okay Tallahassee how how close are you how close at one of those tournaments be to uh, West Palm that would involve me knowing where West Palm is uh well 30, 40 minutes from Miami? Uh, we're going to be a few hours. Mm. Sarasota's, Sarasota's a few hours. Mm. But yeah, you've, you've... Well, if I get a couple of days off, I'll, I'll join you one of It's an days. open invitation yeah. anytime. Yeah. Termir, thank, thank, thank you very thank much. You, Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, and of course, we will have more podcasts while we're down here in Australia. And by we, I mean me. Uh, <laughs> but we'll try to get a couple more podcasts here over the weekend as well. And don't forget can follow Jameer. Where, where do people follow you? What's Insta, Twitter? What's Insta's the Insta's at Jarmir, J-A-R-M-E-R-E. And Twitter is at Jarmir Jenkins, which is J-A-R-M-E-R-E, J-E-N-K-I-N-S. Because I think it's important for people to, you know, have that connection with you as, as you progress as well. And don't forget, you can check out all of the new New Balance kits that are going to be on display next week at the Australian Open. And we'll have more right here on the podcast as well.